the scripture lesson today is taken from Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 to 13. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-faith or hungry. Whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through Him who gives me strength. We are very privileged to have our brother Paul to bring us the message today, changing perspective. Contempt, brother Paul, please. Thank you. Good morning, brother, sister in Christ. First, let's to say thank you to FNC and Reverend Nita for. Having me here today, let's pray. Father, how each one of us to quiet down our heart and mind, to listen to your words, Father, and also help your servants speak through me, Father. Your words, what you want to tell each one of us this morning. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. I do the sermon today is、uh, changing perspective. So I pray that by the end of this sermon, your perspective towards the word containment will be changed. Now, what is containment? Well, it is defined as、uh, happiness and satisfaction, often because you and I have all we need. But today, do we really have contentment? Do we find contentment with our life? Over all these years, I struggle to be content with my life, and I'm learning each day by keep reminding myself on the biblical teaching on contentment. The feeling of never enough or never satisfied has always been with us since young. Particularly on possession, wealth, status, and power. Even when we were young, even we hold many candies on one side, on the other hand, we want to have some more. Those who have little desire. To have more, and those who have、uh, a lot desire to have even more. We continue to seek after more of the things of this world, and never feel content with what we already have. This is the dilemma. In fact, the whole world market. It is designed to capture the weakness of human heart. The feeling of never enough, of never satisfied, actually drives consumerism. The consumerism is the idea that increasing the consumption of goods or services purchased in the market is always a desirable goal, and the persons. Well-being, happiness, 
depends fundamentally on more acquiring more and more things in life. Brothers and sisters in Christ, those of us or many out there who want to go after brands or luxury goods find that there are always more and more expensive brands. Example, bags, cars, clothes, jewelry, and many more. So the pattern of the world is always to pray for more. This is the human conditions since the creation. If Eve had been very contented with God, what God has provided for her, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, and did not desire to be like God, knowing good or evil, she wouldn't have fallen. In Genesis chapter 6, when a woman saw the fruits of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eyes and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. And we know very well, she also shared with Adam. So the desire is to be, to be like God, the desire to gain in wisdom, the desire for the food, and the food is pleasing to the eyes. All this describes the condition of human heart of wanting to have more and is driven by discontentment. And friends, mind you, the discontentment is the man witnesses the certain use to tempt you and me like the way the tempt Eve. We know that Eve, Adam and Eve felt and sin entered into mankind and the consequences thereafter. Wow. The endless pursuit for more is driven by this contentment is actually is meaningless. King Solomon, the wealthiest and richest man, the wisest and richest man who ever lived, say this, whoever loved money never have money enough. Whoever loved wealth is never satisfied with his income. This too is meaningless as Christelsis chapter 5 verse 10. Now King Solomon has all the wealth, all the power, women, he, he has many concubines, all the status that he has in his time, he could have every desire that he can have. Come to this conclusion that the things of the world cannot satisfy the desire of human heart. The key emphasis here, brother and sister, is whoever loves, whoever loves. So whoever loves something or someone, the feeling of not enough and not satisfied will always be there. It is meaningless. Now, the writer of Proverbs in verse 30, verse 8 to 9, pray like this. 
to express his struggle with contentment. He says, Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal, so dishonor the name of my God. So, ask not for too much or too little, just enough. Brother, sister in Christ, what is just enough? The question is, how much is enough? To some, a monthly income of $5,000 is enough. But to others, 10000 is still not enough. Unless and until we understand and learn to be content, there is no limit to the desire of human heart. Friends, are you willing to pray to God this way this morning? The Lord Give me only my deliberate and then I will feel just enough and I will be content. I invite you, brother and sister, to reflect on this question this morning. Are you content with your life? Well, probably some of us are still struggling daily or not being content with many things we have. Look at your wife and say, I'm not happy with you. Look at your husbands, you should do better, you should earn more money. And the children, you get seven A's, you should have gotten eight A's. Look at your parents, you should be richer so that I have a better inheritance. Look at your car, the car is so lousy, I want to have more. Look at your house, our neighbor house is bigger. Look at the church. Look at your pastor. I think she should have preached better. Look at your church leaders. I think he's not good leaders. And many, many more. That is our struggle. We are not happy. We are not content with what we have. Now Jesus know the conditions of human heart. And that's why he dealt much on contentment in his teaching, on being satisfied with what we have, who we are, and where we are going. From this morning passage, morning passage we want to learn about dealing with what we have. The first one, I call it shifting our focus of life. Instead of uh, Chasing after the worldly desire. We want to focus on the kingdom of God. And a very familiar passage Jesus says in Matthew 6.25 Therefore I tell you, do not worry about life. What you will eat and drink about your body, what you will weigh, is not life more important than food. And about and body more important than clothes. Then he adds, 
For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. That's Matthew 6, 32-33. In this passage, Jesus not only told us not to worry about what we will eat and drink, or what we will wear, as our Heavenly Father know all our needs. But the focus should be first on seeking His kingdom and His righteousness. And all these things will be given to you. Friends, Jesus wants us to shift the focus for seeking the worldly desire to His kingdom and righteousness. So therefore, Seeking worldly desire to his kingdom righteousness should be the desire of Christians, should be the desire of all of us. Friends, with the change in focus, does it change our perspective? Jesus says, Our Heavenly Father knows that you need them. Now, when you talk about them, here is talking about food and dreams and basic needs. Brothers and sisters in Christ, has God supplied to all of us the basic needs? Do we have it? There's always a difference between needs and one. One is something our heart desire. What you want may not be what you need. Very often, when we go shopping, we end up buying things that we want. Not really things that we really need. So Jesus said, Our Heavenly Father knows that you need them. So, we should learn to be content with basic needs given by God. Our daily bread. I'd ask one more time. Do we have the basic needs for our daily living? I believe majority of us here have beyond the basic needs. And do you feel contented with what you have? The point number two, understanding human life cycle. Paul, in his letter to Timothy, elaborate Jesus' message. He says, this in 1 Timothy 6, verse 6 to 8, Godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Contentment is a state of perspective. It's a state of understanding and a state of mind. It is not that by believing Jesus, you will be able to get all your, your heart ever desires in a form of endless material possessions, status, more money, more power. 
and thereafter, hallelujah, you will feel contented. It is not that. You know there is no the answer. Paul said godliness with contentment is great gain. It's not accumulation of wealth, it's great gain. Christian, brothers and sisters in Christ, all of us here, we should focus our pursuit of holiness in our conduct, in our attitude, in our thought, in our action. In other words, pursue a life of holiness. Apostle Paul mentions, reminded all of us that he, we brought nothing into the world. And we can take nothing out of it. Hey friends, we all end up six feet below the ground. For some country, after a number of years, the burial ground, the land, will be reused and be filled. Maybe somebody will be buried on top. So Genesis 3, 19 says, By the sweat you brought, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. Since from it you were taken, for dust you are, to dust you will return. Commonly we say, dust to dust, edges to edges. Well, that is the reality of life. By understanding this, does it change your perspective of life and focus? Since it is factual, that we can bring any, can bring anything when we go back. Then why do we still not feel content with what we have? The fundamental issue here is still our heart. The problem is not the wealth or the money. It is the love and money of wealth. And the greed of the heart, the desire of our heart. So friends, only when we are able to accept and submit to the authority of the Word of God, then we can change our perspective about the world, about contentment. Knowing the fact is still not good enough. A lot of times, we read the Bible, pastor preach the sermons, but deep in our heart, we say what? Well, I think that is not applicable to me. It's only applicable to some of you. Not me. Not for me. That is the reality. Recently, I learned an acronym, YOLO. Because my children told me that, uh, hey, YOLO, we should do the thing that we want to do. We want to spend money. We want to do this. So I said, what is YOLO? It says you only live once. So I learned this through pandemic. It's just enjoy your life. We need to come turn with the reality. 
Point number three. Learning the secret of contentment. Let's look at this morning passage and learn from Paul the secret of being content in Philippians 4, 11 to 13, read by our liturgist this morning. He says, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed, hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do this through Him who gives me strength. Apostle Paul said here, For I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. Friends, is it easier to be content when you have plenty? Or it is easier when you are in need? Probably you will say, Well, when I have plenty, I will be very content. But is it true? Is it true? I remember a story told by a rich people, a rich person. He shared that he missed the joy of having a good meal like those who have less, the poor. Because the poor can only afford to have a good meal on a rare occasion. I remember when we were young, when I was young, we stay in the village. We always look forward, I always look forward for Chinese New Year. There was a some rare occasion that I can have good food, chicken and other meats. And I always enjoyed the meal, unforgettable meals. But this rich person shared that he couldn't have that type of joy and happiness like the poor. Because he has, he has good meal almost every day. It's like owning a small car for those who are less. Remember, those who are less, they work hard and buy a country. And he would treasure. You'll be so happy and treasure his car for a long, long time. He will wash the car, clean the car, cover the car. But for this rich man, he shared, on a new BMW, will probably give him a short span of happiness. He shared that it is more difficult for him to be happy. He thinks it is easier to be happy or to feel content when a person has less. But is this statement by, rich, by the rich person true? For those who have less, you may think that if I only have 1%, 1% of the rich man's wealth, 
I will be content and happy. Is it true? Try to ask yourself and reflect upon your own situations. Maybe think back five years, ten years ago. That time you have less. Now you have a little bit more. Do you feel more content with what you have now? Compare to last time. Maybe not. Apostle Paul says this. He shared that he has learned the secret of being content in all circumstances, whether having plenty or in needs. He is content. Apostle Paul explained in Second Corinthians eleven twenty three twenty eight say twenty three to twenty eight on the orders that he has gone through, the physical, emotional suffering, the imprisonments, and near death experience. And yet, he was able to be content in whatever circumstances. Paul did not say so, based on any theological theory, but based on actual hardship he experienced. He has gone through without food at times, without friends, in the prisons. Gone through hunger and thirst. We also know that Paul was a Pharisee, and he acquired an education that was culturally rich. So his background was probably privileged and affluent, belonged to the privileged society. Paul said, "I have learned." To be content, and he repeated, "I have learned the secret of being content." Meaning, he went through the experience of having plenty, and went through the experience of having in needs, and learned based on his personal experience. By going through the process of struggle and learn from it, learn to rely. On God, on Jesus, it is not by blink of an eye or by imagination, but we must learn to be content. It is a process. It is a progression, and definitely not by pressing a button. And after having lived sixty years, and I am still learning. I am still struggling. With contentment. Point number four: connecting to the source of strength. In verse thirteen, we just read Paul say, "I can do all this through Him who gives me strength." Now, what is the secret he share here? He believes in the sufficiency of Christ. Apostle Paul says in Ephesians six ten, finally. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. That unlimited power of Jesus Christ is the source of strength for those who belong to Him, and that enables each one of us to draw strength from Him. Brothers and sisters in Christ, Bible tells us that whatever strength we may have, 
It's not from us. It's not our own. But it ultimately comes from God. Let not the wise boast of the wisdom or the strong boast about the strength. But let them, let the one who boasts, boast about this. That they have the understanding to know God, to know Him. That I am the Lord. Jeremiah 9, 23-24 Friends, our strength is, fine, is found in Christ. In our having close relationship with Him. It is Christ who empower us to do whatever is necessary to, necessary to accomplish God's will. That's what Paul says. I can do all this. And what is this? Contained in all circumstances through Him. Because Paul knows there is no other source that gives man the strength to overcome the world with its trials and temptations. Only Jesus can. Psalms 84, 5, 7. He says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you. In the Lord, they go from strength to strength till each appear before God in Zion. Friends, go back to God. In Isaiah 40, 13, it says, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. And they will sow on wings like eagle. They will run and will not go weary. And they will walk and not be faint. Friends, how do we connect to the source of strength? As shared by Apostle Paul. First, we need to accept Jesus Christ into our life and believe in Him as our Savior. You know, Christ has to be in us and we have to be in Christ in order to able to draw the strength. Second, we need to accept the sovereignty of God and humble ourselves and surrender our struggle to God. So long as you think that we are in control, we will not be able to tap into the source of strength. We need to recognize God's sovereignty and humble ourselves and surrender our struggle to Him. Three, we need to recognize and experience the grace and the love of God each day in our life. When we recognize the grace of God, we will recognize, we will realize how, how unworthy we are. Then we will cry unto God, God, how can I deserve you? You die on the cross for my sins. I am so unworthy, Lord, because of your grace for each one of us. And only when we have that thought of uh, surrender and realize the grace of God, then we will be blessed. Only then we realize the love of God that touches our heart in the deepest level. Oh God, that love, because God loves each one of us, that Christ died on the cross for us. We are so unworthy and undeserving. 
And that has to happen in order for us to recognize and experience the grace and love of God. If all of us here, if any one of us feel that we are entitled to it, Lord, you need to bless me. Lord, you need to save me. Then we will not be able to experience the grace and love for God in a deeper level. And fourth, we need to walk with Jesus daily by relying on Him and trusting Him. Rely on Jesus and trust in Him in whatever circumstances we may be in. Fifth point. A sharing by Apostle Paul on the practical approach to containment. Then what is the practical approach that Paul takes to find containment in any and every situation? Philippians 4, 8 may have some shake some light when Apostle said this. He said, finally, brother and sister, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is unmarriable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Friends, the word is think about such things. Paul is advising the Philippians to think about the blessing of God, not the situations that they could be in. A practical approach to handle difficult situations in life instead of focusing on what we don't have instead of focusing the pain that we are going through instead of focusing on our sickness think of the blessing think of the grace that God has given to each one of us think of the love of God our mind has to think whatever is true Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy. By doing so, we can overcome difficult situations and find contentment like Paul. This is a process of learning. This is a process of growing by relying and trusting God all the time. Brothers and sisters in Christ, having a biblical perspective is indeed very important lesson that we have to learn. The story of Job tells us when he lost all his children and all his possessions, he could still say, Naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the love taken away, has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Because Job's understanding that God is a sovereign God, because he surrendered everything to God. And he recognized that God alone decides his life. Whatever he has is provided by God. Because of this, he is able 
to go through his crisis and continue to praise God. Most importantly, Job recognized that whatever he may go through, the name of a God is glorified. Friends, it's not about us. It's all about God. And this is echo by Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy 6 when he said, For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. By understanding and accepting the fact that what we have are from God. The God gave, the Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. Naked I came, naked I will depart. And whatever we have, we should be satisfied and content. Whatever has been provided by God to each one of us, with this understanding, brother and sister, maybe it's time for us to ask this question. Are we still chasing after the right thing in our life? Why are we still not content with what we have? Brother and sister in Christ, we also learn from the letter to Philippians the perspective of Apostle Paul himself towards life. Philippians 1.12, he says, For me, for me, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Friends, if our purpose of life is to live for Christ, the outcome will be contentment like Apostle Paul that comes to carry us into eternity. The focus of love, the, the focus of love of money, the love of wealth, the love of status, the love of power, the love of pattern of the world, they are all replaced by the love for Christ. It changed our purpose. It changed the priority of life. Friends, can we change our purpose and focus on life like Apostle Paul did? Can we? Is it ever possible? The answer is yes. We can change. God is waiting for each one of us to run back to Him. Like the story of prodigal son, He will receive us with an open arm into His kingdom and celebrate. Friends, I pray that we can change our perspective towards our life and find contentment like Apostle Paul. Being content in every situation through learning and drawing strength from Jesus in every situation. Whether in plenty, whether you have little, whether we have a good career, or whether we are unemployed, whether we are in good health, or facing sickness, or facing crisis, or facing death in every situation, 
I would end with Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petitions, with thanksgiving, present our request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Jesus Christ. Amen.